I never greet the day as, hello, I'm alive. It's more like, I gotta go to the bathroom and then I'm going back to bed. Well, hello to everyone and welcome back to the Jones Chronicles where we discuss all things that are me, which is very comfortable. And since no one, and I do mean no one gave me any suggestions, <laughs> I think I'm going to kind of make this slightly autobiographical, but as well as I'll touch on a few things during my week. So um, we all heard the news that Derek Chauvin has only been sentenced to 22.5 years in prison and can get out in eight years for good behavior. <clears throat> Bullshit. I just knew they was going to convict that man. And then when it came to sentencing, that's where it was going to, it was going to hurt. They knew they had to convict him. It's the sentencing. It made it all seem 22 point. It should have been life in prison. Life in prison without the possibility of parole. That is what he should have been sentenced to. And everybody knows it. They tried to go out there and throw something. My prayers are with the family of George Floyd. Because this is shitty. But at the same time, me being a observationist on the outside, I kind of felt the shitty was coming. I mean, come on. We... we watched another black man named rodney king get beat the shit out of him and all four got off so if they was going to convict this man you best believe it was going to come with another shoe dropping what else in the news i'd want to discuss this week uh not much because i haven't been paying much attention <laughs> oh other than the supreme court is gonna uh did they sue fucking uh Georgia for their fucking racist laws. I hate Georgia. I hate um, not Georgia. I hate the the people that are in Congress in Georgia. I hate all those people because they're just I don't know. I just found out the other day too that Mississippi didn't abolish slavery until 1995. <laughs> if you did not. If you don't believe me, go look it up. Apparently, they was just like, oh, we forgot to ratify it all this time. <laughs> we wanted to keep things open in case shit changed. So, no, not 18, whatever the fuck, 89, I don't even know. Because it was way later than when it actually happened. Um, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't even fucking uh, relieve all the slaves. I mean, if you were a slave in the South... You had to wait till your 28th birthday to be released. So if you was just born, you were essentially still a slave. These are the things I learned by constantly watching history videos <laughs> on YouTube. I enjoyed them a lot, though, because I feel like there's things out in the world that I need to be educated on that doesn't come with the very blasé sugarcoating version that public school systems tend to do like man they really just blanket over all that but victory is always written by the victors and that's how it always is this was my last week of training as an underwriter so next week i'm gonna be all by my little self am i nervous about it not really it's a lot of research 
So, I mean, I'm just going to research. <laughs> I didn't miss out a few solo chats this week because the sound of this one girl's voice in training literally gives me a migraine headache. And I'm so glad I won't have to ever deal with her again. It's not that she's a horrible person. No, it's just some people, they got to be that person. And in any group of 30, you're going to always have that person. And I'm always just going to be like, oh, God. I decided to join three dating sites this week, uh, all yesterday while I was intoxicated. Bumble, something called Coffee Meets Bagel and Plenty of Fish. <laughs> you notice they're all free. Yep. Um, not, not successful with our 24. And not that I haven't had any hits. It's just I haven't wanted to hit back. Even though there was one suggestion that I kind of contemplated for 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, do I just want to lay back and enjoy nine inches it sounds great but it was a 28 year old boy and exactly what i said it's a boy and i i'm a woman i can't deal with boys i cannot i just i wish i could be one of those people that had lower expectations <laughs> and can just flow with it but man i anytime there's like even close to an eight year age gap i'm just like no no that means you looking for someone to take care of you and love you and be your mama and i don't want no more damn kids and don't give me that shit oh he's just trying to fuck that's what they always say and then they try to lay up and then you can't get them to fuck up out of your house i can sense it <laughs> i trust my gut instinct more than anything because 99.9 percent .9 it is right it is correct it's a curse and a gift to be able to look at someone and read them in all of five seconds you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge now in case you did not know i reside in ohio i'm 37 years old i'm a single parent of one daughter she is 12 love her to death her name's maya she is very lucky because she ended up with a great mama yeah i'm gonna say that she's lucky and i tell her that too i'm like some people don't take care of their kids some people don't understand or be in so touch with their children that they don't even give them agency or autonomy and stuff like that i'm such <laughs> i'm a little bit of a hippie too if i'm being honest but i don't have all those uh those ideals that other people have about parenting i'm fairly liberal I only require that you do good in school, that you talk to me, and that um, you follow my rules for the most part. And these are not fucking complicated rules. Pick up after yourself, clean the dishes every other day, I'll do them the other other day, and just help clean the, keep the house clean. That's all I want. Keep the house clean. She's a good girl though. However, I'm not those type of parents who are like, oh, she's good, and, and somehow think I had nothing to do with that. Fuck that shit <laughs> so i lived 10 years in indiana before i moved back here two years ago and i am glad i moved back home because indiana wasn't where it was at either 
but I'm not particularly <laughs> the hugest fan of Ohio either. It's just, you know, it's not the worst city in the world. I live in Cleveland, so, or close to Cleveland, in a little suburb, but it's not really a suburb anymore. Certainly went more Republican than I recalled when I left. I believe it was Democratic still. <laughs> so I came back and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of Trump signs. It made me a little nervous, but then I re uh, realized that the racial um, diversity was definitely two to one. They're like, we'll quietly put out this sign to show our allegiance, but we ain't gonna start no shit. It ain't like other areas in the country. That's for damn sure. It's like quiet racism. It's like, yeah, we know we outnumber two to one. My family came to Ohio when I was two years old. Now I don't have, like some people can remember all their childhood memories. As we'll go through this, I do not remember all of my childhood memories. I don't. I have very few glimpses, enough to know what was happening and what's going on, but not so much that I'm like, yeah, I can remember, you know, every bit of every conversation. At two years old, if you can remember all that, <laughs> I like to know how you managed to retain all that knowledge. Or it's, I believe too, that the more knowledge you put on in your brain, the more it works to compartmentalize other things. And memories are one of those things that sometimes you have to think about for a little while to retrieve that type of information, at least in my brain. I do know we came to the city and we were poor. I have four siblings, three sisters, one brother. Am I close with any of them? I would say my two sisters, the youngest and the third, fourth. Yeah, the two youngest sisters, I would say, are my uh, closest siblings. The other, is it two? Yeah, two, because <laughs> I'm thinking, don't count myself. The other two, not so much. Uh, I always tell my mom, your odds were... You know, you have five multiple children. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get all of them doing the right thing. And you got, you, you got. Uh... <laughs> I feel terrible always saying that. But you got three fifths. <laughs> it's just the other two fifths that did not uh, quite get it together, despite our upbringing, which was fun, very fun. Totalitarians? Is that the word? All these kids that be talking to their parents, like, oh, I, I don't, but I don't want to. And y'all be having that back and forth. That didn't happen in my house. Uh-uh. Everything, every time you open your mouth that even thought to contradict what the parents said, you best believe you got backhanded in some form or fashion. But we'll get more into that. I want to stick to uh, just first coming into Cleveland. Uh, like I said, we were poor. I believe it was only me my sister i think it was only three of us at that point yeah muff was very she was the last one i don't remember if she was after we were in cleveland i know Brittany came way my youngest sister she was like eight years after the youngest <laughs> we like to call her the whoopsie baby okay i like to call her the whoopsie baby when she's not around but we had to stand in line for pretty much everything food clothes i remember the catholic center it's still off of west 25th street i believe um i can remember everything in, in my brain where it's located but 
I hated, I didn't know why we were poor, of course. I just hated the food that came with being poor. Because all we got was peanut butter, not jelly, peanut butter sandwiches or the cheese sandwiches. Um, when we finally got to cook our own food, it was usually the fucking bologna with that infuriating bubble that you were never going to pop. All that grease, they don't even wipe the grease off. Just put all of the fucking grease bologna onto the sandwich with a whole shit ton of mayonnaise and that was... That was lunch. Sometimes that was breakfast. <laughs> there was no Kellogg's. And all our clothes were hand-me-downs that we would pick up in large bags. We had to stay in shelters until eventually my parents were able to save up enough to, to buy an apartment. So for the most part, growing up, it was it was a struggle. We got our presents uh, from whatever was donated. And, and uh, there, I'm not going to go into my whole parent story or what was happening with them. That's their tale to tell. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention that my dad was an abusive alcoholic. And my mom was unfortunately um, straddled with several children. You know, she was so on the system, so on and so forth. They had to do things for money. One of the things my father explained to me one time... Because he wrote himself an autobiographical book. Which he should not have shown to his children. Since there are some things in there that you don't want to ever know. But it, it does inform a lot of why I am so very picky. About who I choose to be a companion in my life. But apparently in one of these cases. Where my mom was pregnant with my sister. Yeah it was Ernestine. Um, She's pregnant with my younger sister. In a grocery store, there was a puddle and they didn't put up the wet floor sign or any sign for that matter. And he had my mom intentionally fall so that they could make money from the store. He didn't put it up here. They would settle. And this is how they were getting money and living. I didn't know all this stuff when I was tiny, but they definitely wanted, at least my dad wanted me to know when he was older as if this is somehow going to make me <laughs> any more inclined to really like you as a person. Even to this day, I my parents are still together. <laughs> it is of my personal opinion that they do not need to be. But old school people are very, you know, they believe in that. I don't even think it's death dues part. It's more like you've been through so much struggle together. You either continue that. Or you don't? Now my dad is still not an abusive alcoholic. He got sober when I was 13. And before, you know, he got sober, there were a lot of battles. I was not quite made. <laughs> I knew from even a young age, I was not made quite the same as even my siblings. I've always felt as if I'm on another plane of existence. And that's usually because mentally I am. <laughs> I recently learned there's a term called maladaptive daydreaming. If you don't know what this is, uh, it's basically when someone is consumed with their daydreams and that it can interfere in daily life. That was totally me as a kid. I was always just somewhere else creating my own stories in my own head 
And while I cannot claim this was an intentional defense mechanism, it was an ingrained part of my personality. And while it certainly wasn't an intentional escape, it was an escape. And certainly was a great deal of where I was between (laughs) anywhere between two and like 10 years old because that's when my memories become a little bit more defined at least that's that's the story I'm sticking to it few snippets that always stay though in that in between is the time that we were all in a car downtown and I remember this one guy was his name Walt I don't know But my parents, because they came from a homeless, initially homeless community, once they even got into apartments or whatever, we would always have lodgers, just random (laughs) lodgers. This is the 80s, guys, (laughs) where we didn't have quite as much emphasis on people, you know, possibly being, luckily, none of that happened, but we did have borders and one of these borders was watching us while my parents were I think my mom was working and my dad was in court and I just the only reason why I remember is because it's the first time I tasted beer and we were thirsty and we didn't have any water because we were all waiting in the car (laughs) so the border was drinking beer (laughs) and he gave it to us and I remember the first time thinking this is disgusting I don't want this can I get some fucking water they ask you how you are you just that you're fine when you're not really fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand but my sister and them they were all about it they took down the whole entire rest of the beer now i'm the eldest at this point and i must have been like eight so yeah we are all given alcohol at a ridiculously young age but apparently if you're british this is par for the course i feel it The idea that you put gin or whiskey to rub, I'm pretty sure my parents did that too. Or just to make you go to sleep. Y'all know those uh, secret. I did not do this, even though I was, I did it once. I will say I did it once because I needed to know if it would work. But then I felt so horrible afterwards because I read too many articles. But you know, people pass information you are so critical but they don't understand information gets passed from generation to generation sometimes vocally and yes i am referring to the cereal in the milk and give it to the baby (laughs) to keep their tummy full these are things that people didn't do just to make their baby go to sleep they did it because sometimes they didn't have enough of the cereal or the formula and they need to pat it out there's a lot of things you do when you're poor that people don't understand is not really just because you're being lazy it's because you need to find a way to supplement the things that you don't have what's funny is i've not been back to any of the old my old neighborhoods i can tell you right now physically how to drive there and where they're at but i've never been back there i don't know if it's just ptsd but i remember the apartments that we used to stay in this is when my memories get a little bit clearer and it's right around the corner from where we used to meet for just chilling which is this group we joined when i was a little bit older but we'll get to our just chilling days which are (laughs) fun now you're thinking of apartments like you know two or three rooms or building you know apartments to a floor i'm talking about those old school apartments where it's like (laughs) an upstairs and a downstairs or maybe three people in there you know 
this place in particular i remember you walked up at three tenants and for some reason your your it was like a concrete once you came down the stairs it was like this concrete between behind another huge building that was our play area i only know this because i was playing one day and i got stung by a bee and it's the first time i realized <laughs> I'm a little bitch when it comes to pain. I thought I was allergic. I my fucking legs swelled up so fucking big. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. This is also the location where I first cooked. It was Mother's Day. And I thought I was gonna make a beautiful breakfast for my mother. I was gonna cook some oatmeal. Now we lived in maybe like a two-bedroom. So it was five of us to a two-bedroom. I mean I remember uh the youngest was finally in the in the world at that point because we used to tease my sister Ernestine all the time with you're not the baby anymore it drove her nuts her nickname is Muffet so we used to always sing little miss Muffet sat on a tuffet eating her curves and whey along came a spider and sat down beside her and took miss Muffet away <laughs> we were terrible children um but yeah back to my my cooking uh so my parents would stay out actually it was a one bedroom Mm-hmm. because my parents would stay out in the living room that's where they slept there they put their bed out there and all the kids would be in one bedroom and there was a tiny little stove it was not a very big place and <laughs> here i am trying to cook some oats except i burn the water i burn the pan i burn the oats do you think my mama woke up and was like oh you tried i got my ass beat beat y'all i got my ass whooped like don't you ever fucking touch the stove <laughs> it wasn't like i'm really proud of you it's like never do that again ever i don't care what your intentions were <laughs> now my dad had a marriage before i don't know when it comes to my dad's tales i will tell you up front i don't know who the fuck lorenzo is but that's an alias he used to go by <laughs> i don't want to know what the fuck his whole life story was but it, it's it's a lot more complicated i'm sure if i read that rest of that book after that one excerpt i was like well i won't be reading that point is lorenzo is what he went by back then and he had two kids from a previous relationship well three yeah three racine someone else and someone else and they used to always come and show up they were into everything my dad used to throw a lot apart like man if you tried to sleep you had to learn that's why i'm good my my air i have to listen to music really loud because my dad would play music all night to four o'clock in the morning they would have parties when we we're sleeping you know those old school like when they be passing the 40s around and the kids are in the bed that was our family yep the 40s was being passed the shit was being had and we were just put in the bedroom during all of these times one time i snuck a snickers bar and i got busted because it melted underneath the pillow we weren't allowed to have candy mm -mm. not allowed to have candy my, again did i not mention that my parents were told <laughs> they were authoritative figures they it was very strict growing up the things we could not do but when the the step siblings came in we could always you know they left us with them so they got to run things and that's when we would you know a lot of wrestling a lot of fight and some other things that define my life 
a particular incident that led to a lot of things from 10 on. I'm not going to go into great length about it, uh, mainly because I just, you know, some things I do keep private in my life. <laughs> I'm not going to discuss all of everything here, but it was the first 10 years of my life was basically just moving from place to place to place while my parents really were struggling with who they are. Now, I give them a lot of leadway, especially my mom. You know, it's not easy being a, a, a victim of abuse because that's what they are. And my mom already came from an abusive situation beforehand. I mean, my, my dad is not my dad. Didn't find that out until much later, which that's a whole story. It's actually kind of funny, even though it's not supposed to be funny. But we'll get to that. We got more stories coming. <laughs> but um, yeah, having five fucking kids before your 27th birthday is, or at least four, it's never easy. Then being in a situation that you really want to get out of, but you're unable to because you have these babies. I have a lot of empathy for my mother as a person. And then my father as well. You know, he was an army vet. His father thought it was a good idea to put a gun in his mouth when he was a kid. So, I mean, they, they, you teach what you learn. <laughs> and sometimes, unfortunately, everyone isn't taught to be a parent. And a lot of the black experience is coming from trauma and then trying to raise children dealing with your own trauma but also continuing the cycle of trauma and then having to deal with the world on top of that i can't imagine that type of psyche it's easy to step back out from the from the sidelines and throw a thesis or an argument or whatever or critical judgment at it but when you're in the situation at the moment as a person People are not always successes. Sometimes they're failures. Sometimes they fail before they succeed. And I will say that whatever you do, when you are young, all those things that you feel, even at the time that you did it, I can tell you from my experience with my parents now, it sits on your soul. It's it, all those things you do when you get older, they come back and they haunt the fuck out of you. So you need to be cognizant of how you are in the world and how you treat people because even if in the moment you're not there eventually you might be emotionally intelligent enough to comprehend where your mistakes and failures are and you are the only person that has to live with that the thing about the people that you know me as the child i can define my life whatever and learn lessons from you but you know you still have to live with all those things and that's where I take a lot of strength from my childhood because it really has defined a lot of <laughs> how I interpret the world now because of those lessons. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm not going to do. <laughs> but it has shaped me. And because it has shaped me, I am able to be a much stronger person because the struggle is necessary in some aspects should it be as struggling <laughs> no but it's not to say it doesn't happen and that you can't walk away from that not being 
in the same boat or the same circumstances or the same uh, category, you can rise above it. So I have more stories, plenty of stories of my childhood. We'll start from 10 on because that's when things start getting very juicy. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk about my young grade school years on our next podcast. Now I will be, one thing I forgot to mention for this week, I will be joining, I did forget to mention that I will be joining Andy who uh, worked on the Into the Expanse podcast for a Westworld podcast that I'll be recording today. So that is super exciting because he's British and I'm going to try my hardest because he's married not to get all soggy pants because I'm hearing the accent. (laughs) So wish me luck on that. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic.